Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there's huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) From uniforms to unicorns. Hey, Lauren here. Just wanted to remind you that some of the things that Sharon and I and our guests talk about on this podcast can have adverse effects or bring on triggers for experiences that you have had in the past. So we just wanted to give you a little bit of a warning before you listen to any of the podcast episodes and say, take care of yourself. And thank you again for being here and listening. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. It's been a while. I miss you. I know. I miss you, too. It's so exciting to see you on this platform. We were plugging in our microphones today going, oh, my God, when was the last time we plugged in our microphones? Cobwebs and dust. All good, though. All good. Yep. Yep. Life is busy. So we're but we're still here. We're still unicorns. Still unicorns. (laughs) We're still kicking it around. (laughs) Yeah, you bet. You bet. Okay, well, uh, I'm excited about today after... Sharon messaged me and she was like oh my god we have to get this girl on and uh, I was like yes okay cool anyways I I have to say her name because I'm gonna mess it up and I have it at the top of my and I'm gonna mess it up anyways uh all the way from the United Kingdom we had to do a little bit of organizing to get our uh our time zones in check here but today we have Dr. Brigitta 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 again oh my god you guys I don't understand how I can't I cannot oh that's the worst we have okay you're gonna say your name we have Dr. Brigida 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 she's here to talk to us yeah if she talks to us because hey. probably she probably hates me now because I'm not, <laughs> not even joking I tried to say her name like 45 times before we even started recording but oh thank you thank you for your patience <laughs> absolutely yeah awesome. Awesome. it's such awesome. a joy to be here oh That's great good. we appreciate it so much okay Sharon take it away yeah I think we're eight hours apart so yeah, everybody get yeah. their coffee and their water going. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're pretty excited, though. Um, we we message uh, just to say hi and, and whatnot. So I guess we'll start. What led you to become a paramedic? That's where you started your career, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So I was a paramedic for 10 years, just working outside of the GTA um, in the greater Toronto area. Sorry, Thank my you. apologies. The, the center of the world <laughs> does not revolve around Toronto. <laughs> contrary to popular belief um yeah I really what I really appreciated about paramedicine is the diversity and I think it was constantly reinforced when you're picking up patients or and chatting with patients family and they're like I don't know how you do this job like the 12-hour shifts and you know the just like not knowing what you're walking into and I was like that's exactly what I love about it I can't imagine myself sitting at a desk from nine to five going in and doing the same thing in front of a computer so the thinking on your feet the problem solving the variety the the medicine side of it that those are all things that really really called to me and spoke to me as a as I guess a paramedic student at that time yeah that you know what and we hear that so often from all first responders is like I love the uncertainty I love the ability to problem solve I love the um jump into actions or like adrenaline junkies essentially is essentially we are (laughs) we like uh we like to be paid to do things that are unconventional rather than you know the nine to five stuff awesome so you become a parent what year do you become a paramedic it was in 2011 actually my birthday in 2011 yeah oh wow 
Wow. Awesome. Yeah. It was a great birthday present. (laughs) No kidding. You were kind of talking to us before we started, like, obviously um, you've transitioned out of that field at this point. We'll get there. But you kind of started to alluding to the fact that you were, you know, that, that this has always kind of been brewing inside of you. Share a little bit about that with us. Absolutely. So people often ask me, you know, how do you go from paramedic pre-hospital medicine to naturopathic medicine? They're like, that's a really big, like end of the spectrum. And they're like, at first I was, I didn't really share it with very many people because they're going to be like, Brigitte has gone off the deep end, right? Like she's (laughs) totally lost her mind. She's gone completely woo. -woo." Um, So the transition really was And the reality is in paramedicine, very few people actually make it to retirement. I think the retirement rate currently sits at about 5%. So most of us know we're not going to retire out of that job. And it is a job. It's not not a career. And this is one thing I always told younger medics getting in. I'm like, not from a pessimistic point of view, but reality is, you know, you're probably not going to be the unicorn that makes it to retirement. <laughs> so, <laughs> in right? corrections, you stay till you die or you are the unicorn, right? Right. If you yeah. choose to leave, um, you are. Where's paramedic? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, um, yeah. So getting into it, it was beautiful in a way because we got supposed, exposed to so many different medical professions, everything from respiratory therapists to nurses, emergency docs, um, potentially midwives on scene, right? So part of me was like, okay, what is kind of that next step? And what can I start training towards when I am eventually going to exit out of this? And I knew it was going to be, it wasn't going to be a career for me. And what really, really called to me and really seeing what was happening in doing the calls was really a lot of protocol-based symptom management care. And patients were slipping through the cracks because and especially in Ontario, like I can only speak to Ontario and the, the service that I worked in, and I'm sure it's fairly similar across Canada, but our patients, regardless of what they needed, if there wasn't a service we could access right away and we couldn't leave them, then they were being taken to emerge, even though it was not necessarily the most appropriate, it was where everybody went. And at the end of the day, they weren't necessarily getting what they needed, the root cause medicine and actually helping them. They were stuck on this revolving door and also seeing chronic patients that were often exacerbating. But then again, there was no discussion of like, okay, can we actually help support you to properly manage this or actually, you know, possibly resolve some of these conditions and maybe even wean you off some of these medications. So that really piqued my interest in And as a new paramedic working a lot of night shifts, I was like, how can I mitigate some of the effects of night shift through diet, through lifestyle? Like, what can I do to take care of myself? So, you know, I'm not dead in 10 years, essentially, is was basically the goal. So the more I started reading and studying and learning, the more I realized, wow, there's so much that can be done with lifestyle and diet alone. And why isn't some of this stuff being implemented in our sick care system? So that's when I started digging further and I applied to both medical school and naturopathic school, got into both and naturopathic medical school was the route for me. So, okay. So, so, cause I know we're going to have people listening going, okay, so what did you do to mitigate the effects of sleep? Because for me, um, that was one of the biggest issues I had. And one of the things that actually led me to struggle most with my mental health because mm-hmm. I was so sleep deprived. Absolutely. That's a great question. And part of my strategy was staying part-time. And <laughs> I did do that sh- too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> picking the shifts that were more conducive to my life um, and school. That was the other thing because I went back to school within a year and a half. I was back in school. So really juggling those two. Um, but as far as diet is a massive piece of it, right? How we're managing when we, when our sleep gets thrown off, everything else gets thrown off. All our hormones are the function of our gut. And then from there, everything else is impacted. Um, it really functions on a 24 hour clock that is not dictated by us, but it's actually dictated by sunlight. So as much as we try to flip it around, our body gets completely flipped around. So there are some things we can do as far as diet, making sure we're eating as nutritiously as possible, supporting our gut health, getting the nutrients we need. And then supplementation wise, there's certain 
botanicals called adaptogens, which actually help support the stress response. Um, we know in times of stress, there's certain need for different nutrients as well. So making sure we're supporting the body that way. Um, antioxidants are a huge one as well because we have increased um, free radical damage and then increased risk of injuries, especially when we're looking at things like first responders, right? So the risk for injury is already really high when you have a physical job, as you both did, and as I did as well, right? So making sure we're getting those. Um, hydration is a massive, massive one. And I talk to this one a lot of, with my patients because I do a lot of neurological health and, and concussion recovery. And so when we start to feel dehydrated, we're already seeing, <laughs> we're already <laughs> seeing signs of fatigue, brain fog, um, we're laughing sluggishness. just because I have, I, this is my life, this is my death. <laughs> I try to drink four of these a day. Um, yeah. So we see those, we see those symptoms very quickly with dehydration. So people, you know, you'll, you'll see the medics that are drinking like their, I don't know, fifth coffee. And it's like, have you had any water today? Right. So uh, yeah, just trying to support the body as best as you can. There's no Amazing. magic pill, unfortunately. Right. But it's, but it's, so, it's how can it's, we support what it is? And it's so good to be proactive. Like when we, Lauren and I started back in the day that it was just like, get in, you hammer that shift out, right? Like with coffee and with, yeah. and I mean, I didn't do the energy drinks as much, but I know people do that. The energy drinks and you're skipping meals. You have to, right. And of course it, it plays into your sleep. So early on for you though, you knew that um, being a paramedic wasn't your, uh, end goal like you weren't going to stay in that career yeah that's correct yeah I kind of had a feeling going into it that it would be for a period of time and actually it ended up being longer than I thought it would be not in a bad way it's just the way it was um, not that I knew how long I would be there um, but I knew once again I would not be one of those rare unicorns that made it to retirement yeah 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 crazy yeah, wow. there's so many, there's so many things that to factor in, right? To think. And I remember like I I tell the story often about like standing at the front desk reading my pension papers and it's saying I had 17 years left. And I'm like, I won't <laughs> fucking make 17 years. Like, right. like we were just I remember like drinking totally. coffee till when we did those, like we had a nine, 16 hour nine shift that we worked. Yeah, brutal. Um, it was brutal, but I mean it was better than the twelves when you had kids. So like at least yeah. the sixteen you could figure out something for and those happened like once every couple of weeks, whereas the nine was a little bit more conducive to home life. But I remember like driving home from a sixteen hour shift with a coffee that someone had brought me at seven when they came in for their twelve and then going home and going, Fuck, now I'm not gonna be able to sleep. So I'll just drink a bunch of alcohol and take a bunch of NyQuil. So instead of like doing the things, I was just like, well, I'll do this till I have to do this. And then I'll wake up tomorrow morning. Right. So we're constantly yeah. masking and taking over and not. And I mean, honestly, I, I remember when we all did the Atkins diet, Sharon, we were all yeah. like, we all had the book in the visits and correspondence. And I'm just like, how, how we were effing up our bodies in, in, a setting that's already messing with our, our mind yeah. and our, our <laughs> physical, right? Like, what are we doing? But it's just so uninformed, right? So ill-informed. And like you were saying before we even started, you're like, I was seeing people go in and like, oh, I have a stomach ache. Okay, well, here's what happens when someone has a stomach ache. It's like, okay, but what else is there? And I can't help but mm -hmm. think of uh, uh, Gabor Mate. I'm reading that when the body says no, I, yeah. mm -hmm. so I had cancer in 2017 and I am like intrigued by all of this so much. I had thyroid cancer and my mm -hmm. doctor is very convinced that this is because of everything that I went through, the stress I held in my body, my perfectionism, all of these crazy things. Um, so I'm obsessed with this information. Am I going to go be a neuropath? No, absolutely not. But I like, I could have this conversation with you for like probably days on end. <laughs> and that's Maybe amazing your that right <laughs> and that's but amazing that your doctor is actually open to that my doctor is amazing and like even after everything was done he was like go see a neuropath or a naturopath he's like right let's because the anxiety was spiked before that and then even obviously after you get diagnosed with cancer it's it's anxiety ridden and then you lose your thyroid and you're getting all these medications and that's that messes with your system till they figure mm -hmm. out which one is optimal, which who knows what that is. 
Um, but yeah, just a lot of stuff, but yeah, I think there's, there's so many things that are treated that, like you said, are our protocol and all of these things that I'm reading about, you know, suppressing emotions and trauma and holding on. It's like, (laughs) gosh, I don't want to diagnose people, but I'm like, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Well, and that's such a juicy conversation piece I think right there is when we talk about the trauma or not I guess in first responders right can right. we can we go there yes <laughs> we... please we go yes please I feel like we've you know with one of my good friends and I call her my work wife because we were actually partners and she retired just shortly after I did but she's also into energy medicine and energy work and we talk about this all the time in our frustration with like the conventional system and how and I can speak for medics because we have a lot of colleagues that will reach out to us and they're like, oh, I've been seeing my therapist for like five years or 10 years, right? And you're just like, if like, is it actually working if it's yeah. you're still stuck on it, right? Because mm. so some of the work that I do as part of my practice is cranial sacral therapy and somato-emotional release. So when you talk about the emotions that are trapped in the body, that is exactly the work that I do. Because if we don't actually address the emotions that are changing the tissues at a cellular level and creating that dis-ease in the body, we can throw a bunch of supplements at you. We can throw a bunch of medications at you, but it's not going to shift the root cause of what's actually going on. And this is also part of my big frustration with the system is like, it keeps people stuck and dependent, not just on medications, but then also certain therapies that are not getting people ahead. Right. And sometimes you have to call a spade a spade and just be like, look, if you're still going to the same person for five years and you're, and all you've accumulated is coping mechanisms, that is exhausting your nervous system even further. So at some point yes. we have to be like, Hey, can we, can we look at this and actually address like the real root cause and not just sit and talk about it? Because from a neurology perspective, if we're talking about it, we're rewiring those neural pathways in our brains. So we're retelling the same story to all our cells and all the new cells that are being formed and all the new cells that are being formed are now being told the same old information and programming rather than creating a whole new life. So it's just, that shift that needs to happen. So it's been one of my frustrations in the last, I would say like six months that's really come up because I see people struggling and I'm like, Hey, I can help you. And they're like, no, I'm just going to go to my therapist. I'm like, (laughs) and I think people don't, don't, um, how do I phrase this? People think that everything has to take a long time that when because something in the conventional system takes x amount of months or weeks usually months or years to actually work through when you're like hey there's things that are fairly simple to do they might be uncomfortable because we're not just masking it with pills you know the emotions have to come up and we do process them but the techniques are relatively simple and they're very effective and they the change happens fairly quickly people are really skeptical (laughs) and so I don't know if if like if anybody out there has a way of getting this out like I'm happy here's here's the cool thing I one of my best friends is a cranial psychotherapist and you know what she was like hey can I try this on you I was like yeah cool let's try it right that I think the hardest the hardest thing that I find is like to relay to people what she does without sounding like I'm lost a few screws up there, right? Like, I mean, hundred percent. So, yeah. I, like, I, I, I just say, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm like, I have never in my life laid on a table, been talking to somebody and just start bawling my face off mm-hmm. and felt like that is, that is probably the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. at that point in that. And I don't know why I was crying and I had like all this weird tingling and it was, it was so weird, but I left there, I left there exhausted, but mm-hmm. I left there feeling like, I don't know what just happened, but I need it to happen again yeah, because it wasn't enough. So right. like, and I take my, my oldest son, uh, struggles with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I take him 
And he's like, I don't know what it does, mom, but I feel good. And I feel, but tired, right? Like there's a right. big shifts that happen. Um, and I have told so many friends, like my girlfriend had really bad cellulitis in the summer. Hmm. She was in the hospital for like weeks. And I'm like, you, her name is Bridget. Why can't I say Bridgina? I can't make this up. I'm like, I'm like, you have to go and see Bridget. You have to like, and I'm like, she's busy. She's so busy, but I'm like, just check. I'm like, text her and tell her that I sent you. Nobody else do this because she'll kill me. Um, <laughs> we have to but I was like, name. it's so interesting because everybody is so like, no, that's, I have a doctor's appointment next week. Yes. I'm like, that's what I was just going to say. And everybody's always like, okay, this sounds a little woohoo or it's out there, but this is going to help. And then when you mm -hmm. do that thing, whatever it may be, like somebody, I was telling Lauren before this, like um, my team lead at work was talking about gratitude practice, right? Mm -hmm. And he wrote out this whole thing for all of us to see. And he was like, I know this sounds like a little bit like it's out there. So I was like, why say that? Like, and I said, hey, that's my jam. Like Lauren and I live by a gratitude practice, like yeah. as like as whatever, I, I don't want to use the word crazy, but as, as out there as even practicing gratitude or meditating or walking or work with crystals or any anything that's like uh i'm like i'm with you anything that's kind of against here's a bunch of medication unless people need it like unless right. people need it i'm not saying hey don't take your heart medication or your you know i'm saying think outside the box like that that's what has helped me when i like i mean i've struggled my in my whole life with um, mental illness it, it more comes it's like it comes from stuffing everything down trauma mm -hmm. and stuff and and just like powering through it all like I had um, lunch with my best friend and we were talking about like oh you know the, the kids are, are struggling through the pandemic with anxiety and I said it it makes me think like what did we do like we're we're kids of the 80s 90s we yeah. not like anxiety we, nobody talked about it you just fucking did whatever the fucking thing was that you had to do uh did I feel butterflies I don't know like who knows you just fucking did it right there was no thought was that and you right? didn't talk about uh, it if you did yeah, feel it if you, you felt it, it yeah you just got on your bmx you played an abandoned like <laughs> construction <laughs> you were right construction absolutely you, you dove off bridges into ditches you did stupid shit and it's not right. Like I would, I would like kill my daughter. She did any of that stuff. But I'm like, sometimes, man, you just got to do the thing too, because you're mm -hmm. still, and now I'm like, you're still moving that anxious energy into a new place and doing something completely stupid. Yes. But also doing things to say, Hey, I, I know, I know how to do that thing. And it's not scaring me because I'm going to just face this thing head on as stupid as it is. And did also like our parents, like were we saying, Hey, like my mom, Modesta, I'm, I'm feeling like a little bit nervous about going to school or like Lauren, Hey Pam, like they would just say, what? I don't have time for this bullshit, <laughs> right? Take your latch key, get out the door and head to school and see you later. Right. Yeah. Don't call me. Don't, don't call, call me. me. <laughs> you come again when the when the street lamps. That's when you should yeah. be home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. yeah, it's a it's a different. But I I think that's where I think where that that's where the struggle is. And I always say like, tell me how to describe it. So I would love to know how you would describe it because yes. I think that's it. And I, it is hard to describe what it is, right? Even as someone who's gone through it numerous times. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, how, and, and when they're like, okay, so, oh, so you went to Bridget? Okay. What, and I'm like, I even do that too. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Know tell you about this because I don't want you to like, I, I want to hear how you, how you share that information. Cause I think it's super helpful. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, patients will be like, how do you do that? And sometimes I just say it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I will just go there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's often been dubbed massage of the nervous system. Mm. So I really like that one when you start to kind of break the ice and, and share it with patients because they're like, huh, that's kind of different. Um, so cranial sacral comes from osteopathy. And it works a big piece of what you've experienced too is somatoemotional release. So our nervous system holds memories and trauma uh, of different, whether it's physical, mental, emotional. 
And so there's a tissue or fascia, especially, and there's been research on this. So going back to what Sharon was saying, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if it's it's woo woo, but there's actually so much research on this stuff now. It's it's incredible. So people can brush it off as like, oh, it's just woo woo, but there's also so much stuff coming out on gratitude practice and and all these things that we've chalked up to being woo woo. But back to cranial sacral therapy and how I actually describe it. So I tell people that their fascia actually holds memory. So acupuncturists will report this when they do a trigger point release or massage therapists as well. So when there's a knot or an energy cyst, people can often feel, or if their scar tissue actually is, is an even more, um, an even better example, because that usually tends to release emotion even more so. So our bodies are a chemical soup essentially, right? So we're constantly pumping out different neurotransmitters, all kinds of things. And so if there's fear, if there's um, anything else going on, sadness, we have different neuro neurotransmitters that are being released and our cells are constantly being laid down. So our tissue is constantly turning over. So the tissue that's being laid down in that soup is going to layer very differently than our normal tissue that's in a happy environment. So there will be energy stored within the tissues. So we can go in as cranial sacral therapists and other therapists will do this as well. And by actually seeing where those energy cysts are, we can release them. And when we release the tissue, along with it comes the energy release as well and the emotional release. So awesome. a lot of the work is done with the fascial system. It also integrates the nervous system. So I always tell patients, it's like peeling an onion away, right? So it's not like I go in and say, oh, this is out of balance and I'm just going to adjust it. It's very much body led. So whoever's on my treatment table, they're actually, their body and their, their tissues are leading the treatment. I'm facilitating. So you are actually your own healer and I'm just a facilitator, which is incredible because your body's going to show me what it needs during that session and I won't overdo it. I'm your body is leading me. So what it's ready to release will release in that session. And then your body knows we have that innate wisdom of how to actually integrate that. And yes, you will feel like, you know, you got hit by a truck or you've ran a marathon because your nervous system is coming down and having a massive release. It's just like if we were in that fight or flight response and now that adrenaline dump, very similar, right? You're just like, whoa, I've just like let the weight of the world off my shoulders or wherever you were holding that tension. And so, of course, your body's like, oh, you can just put it all down. And that's exhausting within itself to just let it go. And when all those emotions actually get processed, then they clear from the nervous system. You don't have to carry it around anymore. And that's a really cool part is you don't need to come up with a coping mechanism when this comes up because, you know, this keeps coming up when I see this. It's that emotional charge is now cleared, which is really, really cool. So it's not that the memory is wiped. Um and I've worked with certain patients, whether it's been abuse or what different situations. So it's not that the memory is completely wiped out of your mind and you don't remember it. You do, but that emotional charge is no longer there. So you're like, oh yeah, it happened, but it doesn't elicit that same reaction that it used to, which I think is really, really cool. And most of the time we let those things create a negative impact on our lives. Our lives are affected by those events. So if we can remove the charge, then we can move on without allowing those I always say like put down the bag of bricks right what happens when yeah. you put it down and they're like oh well I move more freely and I do and I'm like great why do we keep picking it up yeah what what how is that serving you and so but that's the thing it's like people need someone to facilitate that for them right absolutely so it's very hard to do it on your own absolutely yeah 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 I, I saw an osteopath actually uh Bridget told me to go see him and it was interesting because I had stood there with my arms out and I was doing some eye things and he goes what do you do for a living and I said I, I'm a business coach and he's like what'd you do before that I said I was mm -hmm. a corrections officer and he goes oh I I knew that or like he was like I knew you did something in the first responder world just based on the, your inability to move your eyes away from a certain point and trust that you're going to be okay because as soon as I would move my eyes I would fall Right. And he's like, that is significant. Oh my God. And he kept like telling me how, like, he's like, most people, this is not how they react to this exercise. You have so much pent up, like, like not untrustworthy, but so much inability to be like, if I look away for a second, someone's mm -hmm. going to attack me. Right. And Sharon shares this, shares the story of like, 
teaching brownies and being like in a circle of people <laughs> up against the wall going kids, like, like yeah this is a gymnasium set we're all gonna kids, get stabbed right? like what's yeah. happening here oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting how and our body keeps and i i've been out for longer than i was in and i still yeah. have some of those thought process like even like, we went to pf chang's last night for my son's was that last night no sunday night for my son's birthday and my husband's a police officer so right away they sit us at a table and I'm like, you sit there, you sit there so that me and dad can both see the door. I'm not as bad as I used to be, but there's no way I would be sitting where people could walk freely behind me. Yes. Yeah. At, at the front yeah. door. Like you come in the front door and we were like sitting kind of like here, but you came in this front door and then people walked. I was like, you kids are sitting there. <laughs> so when the person <laughs> comes to do something, I'm able to react to that, right? Like, it's so interesting how your brain still processes those totally. things. Well, I just um, did that too the other day out for, for supper. Like, actually, my, my partner said, you want to sit there with your back to the right? And I said, mm -hmm. yeah, I do. Like, just in case, right? In case mm -hmm. we're in this nice restaurant and somebody decides to attack us, right? It's so stupid. It's crazy. And like <laughs> this, this year, like last year, what? Yeah, it would have been twenty years in, right? So it's, mm. and I've been out for I don't know six or seven years. I don't even know. I can't count. But I've been out for a long time, and it's like that. It just doesn't leave you, right? But it's kind of the same experience with I had like somebody doing acupuncture, and she's like, mm -hmm. there were so many needles in me by the end of it, and she was just like. And I was like thinking, I better crack jokes and I better, you know, and she finally was like, just chill, chill. I don't know what you think is going to happen. She's <laughs> like, you're laying here half naked with needles all over your body. I need you to chill, right? <laughs> and as people in those positions, right, we're, we're heightened. We're ready to take on the next, right? So how... So that here, I, maybe you have a solution for this because I, even I know like when my husband comes home, it's like coming down from the day. Is there something that you recommend or that you know of that like helps you? I don't want to say do it faster, but get into like a lower state of like that vigilance or that, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, and this is one of the things that I think is super important to mental health and first responders as a whole is not identifying with the job. Mm -hmm. So, right, I was never Brigida the paramedic. I was Brigida and I worked as a paramedic. So to me, the uniform came off. And that was a big switch where it was like the uniform went on, the uniform went off, right? So I was separate from it and so um and then over the last couple of years especially the last couple of years working through COVID right I was even more um vigilant about showering at the end of a shift at base so for me I not just from the physical cleansing aspect but mm. from the emotional water is very purifying and cleansing mm. so if we look at it from religious ceremonies um just even showering uh, water actually helps us release emotions. So every time I showered, I actually imagine just washing the day away. And you can do a simple practice as well, like whenever you wash your hands, just letting that go. Um, and cold water, actually, like when people have anxiety, one of the one of the ways to cope is actually just to stick your hands or your face in cold water as well. So water is a beautiful um, tool that people have access to. Um, and then finding something on your commute home. So most people have a commute. So whether it's music and sound therapy can be hugely beneficial as well. So it depends what people need. So some people really find binaural beats can be helpful. Um, listening to different sound baths. So whether we have our chakras, which are our energy centers, so if we need something that's very grounding, right, putting on a frequency, um, there's some great apps. YouTube is always a great resource. Just things that will actually help ground you. Um, there's meditations, you know, mindful not to fall asleep on the drive home. Right. <laughs> um, but just things to even like there's some amazing meditations and amazing apps to even just help release like the energies of whatever you picked up or mantras or whatever it is. Um to really help shift the the mind but the energetics of it as well and I think just 
for me too, it was important to have like, okay, this is work, this is commute, de, you know, decompression time, and then home. Like compart- um, compartmentalize them into like, yeah. Yeah. And not to say that they won't spill over because obviously there might be times they do. And, you know, sometimes if you're having a bad shift or whatever it is, like, you know, it's, um, my friend Jill was amazing at this. Like literally she would drive and be like, she'd be so mad at something or like something when she's like, fuck you, just like, you know, at the, at the top of her lungs. And like, if that's what you need on your drive home to like, let it out, it doesn't have to be all you know, sometimes it's like light love and a little bit of fuck you if you need to, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. let out what you need to because going back to the whole, like pushing things down and bottling it up, people are also very good at that. And then there's another coping mechanism that comes in on top because we've pushed down those emotions. So I think finding a way to release it is a great way for your commute home. Um, And then whatever people can, some people like to meditate and meditation doesn't have to be like woo-woo sitting cross-legged, you know, it could be a walk or just taking even like taking a five, 10 minute walk around if you have a park in your area or whatever it is, green space. Um, Grounding is another fantastic tool actually that I think we don't use enough of. Um, We're stuck in rubber boots, like thick rubber sole boots and we're so detached from nature most of the time, but grounding has so many benefits so yes you can go hug a tree but even just kick your shoes off and barefoot on the grass or um, any kind of nature you can get to like you don't have to hug a tree just even touch a tree like just put your hand on there and like you know start start small (laughs) or just your bare hands on the ground right but it really does help shift our nervous system and helps recalibrate it so little practices that you can bring in and I know for us whenever we did have a moment of like downtime and at our base like I would often kick off my shoes or go find a patch of grass and just like come back to nature and really ground your energies because you're around a lot of people and a a lot of that like overstimulation it's not even stimulation it's overstimulation right so Mm -hmm. any of those any of those tools and the funny your own practice that works and I think we're so used to routine like we have a start a shift and then end a shift so it's like how can you add on a little thing that will that'll make a difference for you yeah, I think that I think that's awesome, right? Because we do first of all, we do identify it with the job, right? Big time. And I know yeah. for me that um that was massive, like leaving and knowing I wasn't going back, thinking that would be my career for life, with the you know, the self-stigma of I'm not weak enough to handle it. Why can why can they do it and I can't like all of those sorts of things? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's obviously different now. Um, I'm grateful for the experiences and for, for the, for someone who was very not self-aware at that point, I was aware enough to know that I had to go. Um, so grateful for that, but also like really lots of people go through a grief when they, mm-hmm. especially if they're being forced to leave, right. If it's not a choice. And I mean, I felt like mine wasn't a choice. I just, obviously we'd moved we're an hour and a half away. My husband's a police officer. I now have two babies. We're both working shift work. Obviously, the dynamics have changed. So yes, my mental health went into play for that, but also for my kids and my husband to have a mother at some point and a wife around. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is like just the identity piece is so tough because, yeah. you know, and and like everybody, you spend a lot of time at your job, right? That yeah. That's we all know that it doesn't matter what position you do, any job, you, most people work 40 hours a week, but as first responders, we typically work more than have a few days off, but we also like to hang out with those people because they understand us and they, we have the same similar, right? Like, so I, I do, I do see a lot of that and, um, you know, just finding a way to detach from that right from the very beginning. Sure. You can be friends with those people. Sure. You can, but, um, I, 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 I wish that was some advice I'd received when yeah. I first started. Absolutely. I didn't identify very much with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still do. Definitely. Yeah. Cause people were like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you spirit correction. Like, because it's, it's way cooler than saying, <laughs> thing, right? but yeah, totally. What about you, yeah. Sharon? Cause you, I know you just like, not, not necessarily coming down, but like, stepping away from that role yeah it's so hard because that like I was just thinking what you said because what like I wanted to be a police officer and then ended up 
uh, being a correctional officer. And it was 2002. I've been gone for longer than six years. I have really bad math. And that's what I wanted my career to be. And like I was sitting having lunch with, saying, with my friend and saying, we we're like, I would have been three years away from 25 years in and retiring. Mm-hmm. And we're like, now look at us. But <laughs> yeah, that identity. And then I didn't grieve. And then, because we were talking too about having anxiety as a, middle-aged woman Mm -hmm. older older 50 year olds and I was just saying like the the hormones the menopause the perimenopause and I said and then like you're you are grieving you're uh, like I had to I had to physically grieve leaving corrections because that it was the job I like the camaraderie it 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 won't be the same anywhere else because you know but like I I made lifelong friends and that's okay Mm -hmm. and that piece is is over for me that chapter is closed but yeah I'm with you I I fully identified with that job that I was more I was better at when when we got uniforms you took that thing off you threw it on the corner and that was it and then I was a mommy right there's like a kid wanting their mommy so it was very um I don't know what the word is for me humbling to have mm-hmm. like my daughter and realize there's more to life than being yeah this isn't I do find I did find that with the boys too and yeah Trev and his job I was just like oh I just can't yeah maybe I would have if that wasn't the situation but for I... sure and I was like good very good at my job like mm-hmm. you know I, mm-hmm. you weren't just a correctional officer I excelled to a different level and then it it changed for me like there was there's something more you know, profound and deep for me. And that mm-hmm. came with my daughter and with like other things that I love doing. So it's like you you grieve it and you you gotta move on, but that's a piece of me too, right? Like mm-hmm. it kind of like that stuff is like attract like I can't go into like a mall without some shit happening where I'm like <laughs> like I'm just focused back in on that shit that's going down, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I I love, I'm like such a huge fan of this because I work so closely with first responders and with Mm -hmm. families that are like, we've tried everything. And I'm like, okay, tell me what you've tried. Oh, well, we've gone to therapy and we took Mm -hmm. this TPI and I'm like, okay. And and we, we share openly all the time about our buddy Mo Mm -hmm. who, uh, saw like a therapist and I think it was he'd seen a few right which is also a good thing find one you like find one you resonate with if that is the and sometimes that's mandated before you can go back to work right so of course there's other but at the same time it's like dabble in all the things because honestly there's so and he he talks about like he didn't play his guitar for a long time and how just picking that up and he talks a lot about like the rhythm and that like the vibrations in his body mm-hmm. and now now he he shares his story through music yeah. um and and it's a huge like and I'm just like it was so eye-opening to me like and we also oh, have everybody who walked across Canada he's like walking's my thing I just know it's my thing right and and it's like you forget like what you were saying too like um we're just gonna call you Dr. B um, <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's what my patients do <laughs> I know. we're like at a heart there's no, a but... reason I don't use my last name I'm like one <laughs> difficult name it oh, is. <laughs> no but like getting back to nature keeping that's what like COVID taught me keep it simple like there's no reason to have this big huge thing planned like sometimes like we we just went to go see a waterfall and and finding that joy and our buddy Steve Morrissey like uh, I was looking at pictures he was playing for St. Patrick's Day and I was like the joy on that dude's face like it's yeah. it's unreal and it's like simple little uh, getting back to that those I don't know small rituals right and, and I think being reminded because obviously we've all been conditioned to think doctor 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 because my son yeah. suffered with some migraines we saw a doctor and then a friend of mine was like, Hey, have you checked at the natural path in town? Right. And I was like, Oh no, actually <laughs> that is something I would do, but I totally didn't even think about it for my son. And I mean, it, it went very well, but that's when she was like, Oh, do you like crystals and start talking to him about crystals? And then like, he's very into that. And like, when I speak and stuff, he always is like, mom, don't forget your tiger eye crystal. And blah, blah. like, he really <laughs> knows this stuff. He actually, and the thing is the best thing about it is me. 
for me, it's just like, oh my gosh, so this kid knows so, so yeah. much stuff and it helps him and I don't have to medicate him like significantly, even like recently. So we had him on melatonin um, for a while, which I know is not the, but he wasn't sleeping and he was struggling really bad. Um, and at Christmas, my mother-in-law bought him Lego, which he's 12. So I was like, mm, you know, like, let's see how it hit or miss. Yeah. Hit or miss. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it, it was a cool thing. I'm like, yeah, he'll probably love it, but I don't know. It'll probably stay in the box for a few years. That's fine. He built it. And yesterday or on Sunday was his 13th birthday. He went and spent $400 on a massive Lego set. But the thing that he learned more than anything is he's like, mom, if I just sit and do Lego for 15 minutes, I'm tired. Mm. I love the building. I love, but it makes me tired. I don't need the yeah. melatonin anymore. Yeah. I don't need to, this is the thing that calms me. This is the thing. So he's very intuitive and he teaches yeah. me so many things mm -hmm. about calming myself and paying attention and being self-aware because yeah like we would have gone I'm sure he'd be taking some sort of I I grew up on migraine medication my whole life mm -hmm. um funny after I lost my thyroid which was probably contaminated for a long time I stopped getting migraines so him uh with him it was just kind of like I knew the nutrition stuff but we got a few other things involved and the crystal thing seemed to help. And I'm like, Hey, we're going with this. I don't know. Why, I don't know. Exactly. But yeah. We are following this path. Right. But I, that's totally. me. And I think just reminding people like, Hey, have you thought about this? Hey, have you talked to this person? Hey, have you yeah. tried this? Right. And being an advocate for the things that are unconventional, right. Yeah. The, the, the crappy thing is, and I just had this conversation is cranial sacral is not covered in Canada it's not unless it's done by someone who's a regulated health professional so right. as a naturopath I was able to okay uh, do good to I know do, right okay. it's yeah that is so good to know you, and actually yeah. in in the west coast there's a lot of physios um osteos that will, will have that training so if you can find someone that is then it will slip into their benefits yeah um, so that is one way to get it in as well yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. Yeah. And, and I know benefits on... are getting better. Keep going. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. I was going to say, no, you touched on something so beautiful. There are a couple of times both of you actually did. And the fact that, you know, even if you are waiting for specialist appointment or therapist, there's other things you can do, right? Whether it's the crystals, the craniosacral therapy, acupuncture, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think if I could leave people with like that one, one thing, it's like, go explore different things because yes, you could be waiting for an appointment that you have three months from now, but that doesn't mean you just need to be a sitting duck and wait. Suffer. Yeah. You don't need to try, try something, just start trying things. And you may not love it the first time, you know, it's sometimes it's an acquired taste or you need to try different practitioners and until mm. you get it, you, you find your people, but it's about really finding those people that will support you in your, your healing journey. Right. And we're talking, reaching out to people like yourselves who are such a wealth of knowledge because you've tried different things, right. Of like, okay, who can I possibly go to? And those, like you said, those reminders of like, okay, who else could potentially be part of my, my actual healthcare team and, yes. and help support me. Right. Because there are a ton of different practitioners and different we'll just call them woo, woo modalities that people, you know, <laughs> like there's so many things and one may work for you. One may not, but if you don't try it, you'll never know. And yes, it's sometimes it is an investment. Right. And I think that's the big shift that I know as paramedics and first responders, we're used to getting loads of free shit. So it's hard mm -hmm. to pay out of pocket, but the reality is health is not created in the sick care system and you are the best investment. Yep. I could right? agree more. And, I could not. And agree if more. you're not gonna invest in yourself, like most people invest more in their car. Like just <laughs> that's the reality between mm -hmm. like gas and oil changes and maintenance. People spend more on their car than they do on themselves. And if you're not gonna spend it up front, like you're gonna have to spend it on the other end. Yeah. It'll show up, so right? True. Like you said, so dis ease. Actually, Bridget, one time my dog was sick and she's like, I'll don't don't take your dog to the vet, I'll come deal with your dog. Yeah. And I literally yep. said to her this should be your full-time job because people spend more money on their dogs than they do on themselves. They do. Absolutely. They do. Like, don't, no one called Bridget to get their dog cranial. Signal, but I was very fortunate that she came to my house. Cause I was like, 
I was like on, I was actually supposed to go to yoga because she teaches yoga too. And she was like, I'm like, I can't come. He's really sick. She's like, do not go to the vet. I will be there as soon as I can. <laughs> and like, literally just like sat there, talked to me forever, blah, blah, blah. She's like, when he yawns and he does this thing, we're going to be good to go. And I paid more attention to what she did on my dog than what she did on me. Right. And I was like, and, and, and he was great after I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this, this is it. Like you'd be and I mean, I always say we need more of her. So I love that there's the, the, the one thing that I say to her is like, I wish you could do it online. Although I hate online shit. Most of the time you can I do online. You can so do you, you I do? do distance. I do distance cranial sacral therapy. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. There yeah, are. That yeah, in our so, bio. yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you actually. So that's awesome. So yeah, a lot of your stuff is done virtually, obviously, because you're all over yeah. the place uh, I am always, so uh, yeah. that's the best part of it right it's like, always welcome the UK. yeah we can go out sure Karen and I just fly there I love it Karen and I just need millions of dollars donated to us <laughs> <laughs> to do all the things we want to do um, but yeah. no it's actually interesting because when I was back in Ontario a lot of people like when I was starting I was like okay just come like I need people to practice on and now it seems like, you know, I've been talking about it for so many years because I've been doing cranial sacral work for probably six or seven years now. Um, and it's like now people are they're like, OK, I know you moved, but like, do you do this virtually? So I actually have people asking me um, if I do it virtually. And the answer is yes, I do. Yeah, awesome. cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. OK, well, we will make sure that everybody knows that. Obviously, we <laughs> yeah. just said it, but we'll put yeah. some uh, links and stuff in the bio. So, yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up there. I think Yeah, that's perfect. a lot of information to take yeah. it is. <laughs> from all of us today. But uh, thank you so much for being here. I love oh, this conversation. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. OK, see you an soon. An absolute joy. Thank you so much to both of you. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon.